Psst. Hey. Psst. It's Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's time to get embarrassed with us. Soul Brothers coming at you live and direct, and by live and direct, I mean in a Bushwick basement, ready to jumpstart your Thursday afternoon. That's right, and I'm not talking about being trapped in a basement for 20 years, being barked at by your dad. (laughs) We're not talking about the terror, we're talking about beautiful music and great, great sounds of the past. Yes, this is what we do here on Lost and Rewound every week. Each and every week, we uncover all the old audio artifacts of the yesteryears. This is true. Again, we are digging deep. We are asking you out there as well for people to go and find this audio. This is we're talking about old garage bands or old recordings that you took in the back room, President Kennedy's, you know, Oval Office. Yeah. We want to know. Yes, we We do. So you can send that if you have any as well to lostrewound at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And you can actually become a guest on the show. We would love for you to be a guest on our show. And uh, with the power of real American pesos, we, ah, can stay, pesos. we could stay afloat with the financial ease required in community arts. Yes, this is free form radio, but it's also free of advertisements. Advertisements. There's none of them. No, 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 no. No, 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 no ads. No, no, no. I'm no. not going to tell you. Of all the great things that you can use, you know, a piece of bacon for. You can eat it. You can eat it. You can eat it? You can, you you can, can only eat You it. can bribe somebody. You, okay. They can eat it. I was going to say, <laughs> what other options were there? You know, you could wipe it on your face, give yourself a pimple, get out if you know a bad date. Very valid point. Valid <laughs> I'm point. so glad I put this piece of bacon in my pocket. So, to reiterate. Save ra- me again. RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge to donate to the station as a whole, and that will very much help the station as a whole. Any amount at all. $1, $2, $3, $10. You also have the option to sponsor our show directly at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash L-A-R. I don't know why every time you, you talk about that, you sound like you're um, in that song. One punch, two punch, three. I don't, you know what I'm talking about? You do about? the same thing, dude. Don't even hey, lie. Oh. <laughs> hey, oh. Give us money and the radio show continue. <laughs> you always say L-A-R. I do that for everything I say. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait. The, the people know who we are, but I don't think we actually introduced who we are. If In case you don't know, my name, oh, is, yeah. my name is Alon. My name is Jimmy. I'm, the, I'm the, this one. And I'm that one. Yeah. And here's our show about to begin right now. Thank you. 
joining us today in the studio is Boston, born and raised. I like that. Siobhan <laughs> Fogarty, Woo. songstress, new to Brooklyn, songwriter, guitarist, beautiful voice. Yes. Your voice like a <laughs> Thank you so Welcome. much. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having around. me. Yeah, I'm of happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. You know, it seems like this is becoming a trend of we're getting a whole lot of musicians with guitars in hands. These, uh, you know, Last week we had Ryan Parker. You know, Several months ago we had Eric and Axel. It's just nice to be able to have folks uh, coming in and with their music. You, you try to do talk radio and the musicians just creep on in. <laughs> hey, look. You know. We always find our way in. <laughs> when did you pick up a guitar for the first time? Um, I started playing guitar, I guess, probably in the beginning of high school, but I was not very good at it. I looked up, you know, the easiest songs I could and kind of tried to figure it out. Um, and I put it down for a while. I've, I always did musical theater. So um, I picked it back up again a couple years later, and I'm just kind of stuck with it since. Now that you're in New York, what's it been like playing the open mic scene? And um, have you been met with a lot more uh, positive reinforcement than you were honestly expecting? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I love the open mic scene in Brooklyn, especially um, such talented people. You know, you come out and you feel like you have good songs. And then the person before you, you're like, oh, my God, this person's incredible. Everybody's great. And they're so supportive and fun. You know, we have a good time. And I've met, you know, my circle now is all from the open mics. And it's awesome. So awesome. Yeah, very, very, very community based in yeah. Brooklyn, which is I think that's the best thing is uh, if everybody works together. That whole stepping over people. That, yeah. uh, to me, I know that's like that's like the New York way. <laughs> it always has been, you know. <laughs> uh, but I think that especially in um, in a creative endeavor like music, it works out a lot more. That yeah, we have can... fun too. We have a good time. Yeah, very true. <laughs> when you were doing musical theater as a child, uh, you know, clearly there's always going to be some camaraderie, if you will, um, no matter what the case is in the creative arts. And so, have you found as an adult the way of being involved in open mic is a lot more your speed than say that of the musical theater variety when you were younger oh uh, yeah i mean i get to sleep in <laughs> i think uh, i don't want to say all musicians are lazy but i mean musical theater auditions it's like you're waking up like 7 a.m standing outside in the cold 300 other people oh yeah it's yeah crazy. the amount of the amount of if dedication you're not, if you're not equity you don't get an appointment you gotta wait and hope you get seen it's like it's crazy man. and then at that point they're still looking for the it factor. Yeah. You have to have everything. You have to be able to do it all not even, and then yeah. still have it. Yeah, it's, it's not even just that, too. Sometimes it's just they're looking for something very specific that day, and you might not be, you know, blonde and tall, exactly. or you may not be. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So I just, I like to, you know, sleep until like 1 p.m., get up, grab my guitar, have a couple beers, perform with a bunch of people, and then have, you know, real talks about making music and doing things regardless of whether you fit into a certain mold or you're going to be in a certain show or whatever. Yeah, yeah he, he texted me this morning at 9 a.m. And he's like, is, so what's the with Siobhan? And I was just like, yeah, she's Four not awake right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's definitely not awake right now, dude. Like, trust me. Well, you've been, uh, that's because, uh, what, you've been doing uh, bartending to make ends meet? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, facts. That's, <laughs> that's, hey, that, that, well, that's, yeah. a, that's valid. valid. That's, a, that's the struggling artist uh, mentality. You, you work in the service industry. I get that. And the bar that you work at has that establishment been open to you sort of doubling up as a musician when like they ever they do have open mics or whatever 
Um, I mean, they don't, they're not really like involved in the music industry where I work or anything like sure. that. But they're definitely very flexible to the extent that, you know, if I need to not work on a certain day, do a show or something like that. Right. That it does work well with my schedule and the way that I can do both, you know. I guess what I was asking it's is. Corporado, dude. Is it, is corporado. It, yeah, oh, okay. You can't just, you can't just bust out man. the open mic. When you know when the man is breathing down your, your shoulder. Sure, sure. No, I was <laughs> He's saying, like, put that guitar away over there. <laughs> what are you singing about? Peace, peace. I, don't make no. Maybe money. I'm just. I hope you're singing about money this yeah, time. Yeah, sing a song about cash. <laughs> How about cream? You're like, well, dang. <laughs> I guess I never really thought of it though this way though is that if uh, you're working somewhere that say does have an established open mic as not uh, a performer but you're working behind the bar. How open are your bosses to, you know, say, you know, when there is an open mic, get from behind the bar and say, and now our bartender, Siobhan, will sing a song kind of thing. Well, I mean, what's oh funny? Oh, my is God. I, if Bubba Gums in Times Square yeah, ever, let me stand, <laughs> ever let me stand on top of the bar and perform, I would wear – you don't even want to know. Well, I, I, I wouldn't know. Let's explore. Let's explore. Six-inch stilettos. Yes. Let's well, explore this. What would a performance well, at Bubba Gump well, for Siobhan be yeah, like? Right. I can tell you that I've been at mics, though, where the waitresses have a branded saloon. The waitress performed one night. Oh, okay. And, uh, she was really good. But I always see the manager looking out of the corner of his eye like, get back to work. Like, you singing, sing on your own time. I ain't paying you to chase your dreams. I'm paying you to chase the rats back in the holes in the corner. <laughs> Jimmy ordered a mozzarella sticks and he totally left it in the window. <laughs> he only doesn't like his food cold. <laughs> You're from Boston, you said. Yeah, you said. I am. And when Go you, Red Sox. And when you were oh, living in Boston, oh you went to musical theater auditions. Yeah, I, I mean, I came to New York while. I was in Boston and was in musicals and stuff when I was in high school, and I did musical theater in college. Um, that was actually my degree, musical theater, but all the while, kind of like writing songs and stuff. So you yeah. don't, you definitely don't seem like you jibe with musical theater kids. You'd the be same surprised. Way. Musical theater kids are actually kind of awesome. I mean, I, I, love I, I, went to, I, mean, I went to school with them. <laughs> Hell yeah. But uh, <laughs> similarly, the same way, I got along with everybody. Yeah, they like me, but we don't. I don't hang out with them because I don't find myself singing. A whole new world <laughs> down a hallway at Up midnight. The <laughs> you know, I don't find myself trying to find the voice. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah, it's, it's a different, different. It's a, it's a different life. It's a different mentality. Yeah, I guess one of your parents had um, maybe enabled you to record yourself on tape. Tell us a little bit about that experience when you were younger and how your parents enabled you as a singer when you were but a babe. Oh my gosh, do you remember those like, okay, so like boom boxes and you could just like press a record button and it would record right from the boom box? Of course. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. They don't do that anymore. Nope. Um, I remember like being, you know, still young, like middle school, finding a recording of me like as a young, young child yeah. singing Britney Spears on the boom box. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah if, you I, find, if you find that, you're going to come back like, on the show and yes. you're going you're gonna to play that and then you're going to sing it in the studio. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll do it for Britney. <laughs> that would be great. That would be <laughs> but really yeah, hilarious. no, I remember re- listening to it and being like, a little pitchy, but you're you're close. You get there. <laughs> hey, not bad. How old were you? Not bad for like a six year old. Six years old. <laughs> I was going to auditions you're... when I was really young. My mom wanted me to be a child star in the worst way. Oh okay. gosh, you know what's really weird that I just I just remembered. Um, I don't know if you guys ever have flashbacks with stuff that you like tried <laughs> to repress like that, um, but I definitely just remembered because I used to sing a lot as a kid when I was really little. I used to sing a lot just out. Um, my mother used to tell me that I'd be singing. 
when I was like seven. Mm-hmm. And I used to sing uh, Disney songs now that apparently that now that I remember. <laughs> it's right. like I used to sing the line of the line. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, I feel like you've mentioned this. On I did the mention show, this. Okay, you, so you definitely. I, I, I re-repressed it again. <laughs> <laughs> again, I used to sing I uh, out. I don't know the lion sleeps the night. That was my jam. It was on the soundtrack. It, it was on the soundtrack. It wasn't actually in the film. Right. It was just like it, it played on TV a lot, and Elton John was just like, oh! and there was like you know him pushing up Simba, and he was just got his glasses and was on the white piano, and you know feeling it. When I was really young, I, I would just break out into song easily. I was just, I, I honestly would just go into a song without any uh, provocation. It would be like maybe something even like that Little Richard Itsy Bitsy Spider version, where it was just like the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Okay, the rain was about an hour. Okay, the sun down on the rain, and that's what I would do. And like it would be very much the way that an AD kid would be. Yeah, I definitely saying that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the that, way it goes. That, that it's just meatball spontaneity. Song. I definitely remember seeing that meatball. Spontaneity. Meatballs sing. all covered in cheese. I remember like singing. Oh, I, I remember know. singing that. What, what what other meatball song were you thinking of? I thought you were going <laughs> to talk about meatloaf. I guess I was. Oh up. no, I used to sing. I used to sing "Bad Out of Hell" and stuff like I'd that. I'd be a badass little kid if I was singing meatloaf too, man. <laughs> and then the what was the one that? Oh yeah, I was like, you that, may that, be that, a musical genius. You know genius. what? You know what meatloaf song I used to sing? I used to sing that one. <laughs> and I would do anything for love. But I won't do that. Never answered what that was. Yes, he did. Did he? Yes, he won't sleep around. Really? Don't you remember that part of the song? That reminds me recently when International Women's Day, you know, he wasn't going to do that. He wasn't going to let her take the power in the bedroom. In that (laughs) section of the song, she said, sooner, he said, sooner, when it all falls down, sooner or later you'll be sleeping around. I won't do that. Oh. Okay. You gotta catch it, and then the song ends. Wait, uh, so won't... you're just deducting this from what you think the lyrics are alluding to, or did the he lyrics, really say it? The female vocalist yeah. is saying all these things, and then he's like, "I could do that. I could do that. I could do that." And then she's like, "Sooner or later, you'll be sleeping around." No, I won't do that. <laughs> I would do anything for love, but I, I will not cheat on you. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why would he? Why it's would she be? Why would song. she be asking him to cheat on her? I can't speak on it, dude. I remember that's that's a famous song that no one knows what it means. It's famous to nobody. I knows always what it means. thought he wouldn't do that. It's famous with that it's not revealed or personal. It's all, it's always it's well known that it's not known. All right, all right. Let's bring it back to you, Siobhan. Are there songs <laughs> that you've that you've written that are ambiguous and you mean them to be ambiguous, or they've gotten more ambiguous over time? Oh my god, mine are always so uncomfortably sexual and <laughs> very out there. Um... I think I try to make my songs ambiguous, but I'm really just kind of an open book, to be honest. How's that the case? Are you inspired by any artists that have brought you to be in that same kind of poetic license? Um, yeah, there's there's a lot, definitely. I think like being unapologetic with your lyrics and saying what you mean are kind of a big thing to me. Um, I don't know if any of you guys know Rilo Kiley at all. Familiar? Oh, so great. But my, my influences are a lot of storytellers and stuff, too. You know, Billy Joel, uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. So I like to tell a story um, and just, like, say the words that you're really thinking in your head and put them out instead of trying to, you know, go through the backwards ways to explain things. Like, I don't want I guess I would say I'm not that poetic sometimes. <laughs> what did your parents listen to? Oh, man. My dad loved Public Enemy, so I love Chuck D. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Um, no, I love Public Enemy. And um, my mom was, like I said, she was big Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just listening to Barry White, thinking about my mom. She loved Barry White kind of stuff all it's over a good the music place. upbringing yeah she was she was good 
Do you know what she was Barry doing? White and Public Enemy. <laughs> now yeah. that makes a lot more sense for it's your like, personality. <laughs> fight the power. I was gonna say like uh, can't you can't up, tell, baby. but she, you know, Siobhan brought a fitted cap to the. Every, all three of us are wearing fitted caps right now at the spot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or actually, no, I got a snapback. Snap I got a snapback. I got. A snap I, got back. I got a snapback too. So all three oh, of us are wearing snapbacks. Snap <laughs> we are. We are all wearing. Well, snap I can't bags. see the back of your head. That's why. <laughs> snapback yeah. is it? Well, that's the new thing. <laughs> Wait, what's the snapback that you wear? It's a Boston snapback. Of course, it is. Uh, <laughs> of course. But it's Grown like of discontent. <laughs> but what? It, but what? I'm, is, I'm wearing a San Jose Sharks one. Is that snake on it though? It looks snake like snakeskin. Like yeah, because she's a snake in the grass. Oh, oh man! She's gonna do sneak up on you, Yankees this year. Better watch out. The Boston's not going to sneak up on us. They're like the top seed in the in the East, man. You're right, you're right. <laughs> I anyway, just wanted you to they say got that. They got Chris. Sports, sports ball. <laughs> we're we're distracted here, Jimmy. We, we are. No, it's okay. <laughs> if there's ever a sports conversation on Lost in Round, chances are it's Elon Jimmy. Elon feels left out. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. The above is true. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I, but again, I'm really intrigued about the fact that uh, you grew up on Public Enemy, Barry White, and uh, Billy Joel. I grew up on Billy Joel a little bit too. What was your first show that you ever attended? This was embarrassing. First concert that I ever saw ever was the Backstreet Boys. My mom really just wanted to go to that concert. I think she thought they were cute or something. She Backstreet was like, Let's Boys? Go. Oh, you weren't even. <laughs> Sounds was, great. I was because in the I was second even, grade. Because I was thinking. I fell asleep that's what I was saying. Through. Oh, yeah. no. Really? <laughs> because I was just thinking that Backstreet Kevin, Boys. What have you done? Because <laughs> Backstreet Boys were really hot when I was that age. Yeah. But then Siobhan's. You're you're what four years younger than I am. Yes, yeah, four, four, yeah, four or five four. years younger than I am. So I was thinking. I was thinking. I was like, they had just come out. and We were like. Twelve, so I was like, you can't even that in that into them. Yeah, you didn't they were even, like on a millennium album. I was like, you didn't point. like boys at that point. You were still in that age of like you know trying that transition. And, you know, oh boy, like this is that you know awkward. Who am I going to be? Phase. <laughs> when you went to this show, it was a very large arena show. Huge. When was the first time you went to a smaller show? Was it one that you played, or was it one that you were seeing the act? Hmm. Um, I mean, I've performed a lot of smaller shows. Sure, as sure, well. sure. As a singer songwriter, you do a lot. Um, I remember doing one on a lawn, like in in my town, in front of just like it was. I think it was at the library or something like that. Um, but they did a writers' day or something like that for the library. Makes sense, I guess. And yeah, I remember performing like on the lawn, and I've been to some like small festivals, stuff like that. Um, folk festival in New Hampshire, they do one. What's the name of, um, what was the name of that one? Oh, God. I think it's just called, like, the New Hampshire Folk Festival. Cool. Um, They're very creative. In yeah. <laughs> it's New Hampshire. But, but, you, um, but you traveled all the way over there to uh, see some artists and get more of the stripped-down feel that would eventually influence your music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and New Hampshire's not too far, so it's, it's nice because you can kind of go not too far away and have a completely different music scene, completely different atmosphere around you as well. How old were you in that when you went to that? Oh. I guess a young teenager, like 13, something like that. And were you listening to Backstreet Boys still by that point? Oh, or? no, no. What was 13-year-old Siobhan listening to when she went to this folk festival? I was kind of in a, at a crossroads between, like, angsty sort of folk and alternative music and hip-hop. Really loving hip-hop a lot. Sure. Yeah. Of course. No, I... Up until college, up until after college, I was obsessed with rap. Um, yeah. For maybe about, I'd say about seven years I was knee-deep in underground hip-hop completely. I, I still feel like, honestly, as much as probably 50% of the music I listen to now is hip-hop, Yeah, um, I got into it really late, for as, as people do. I got into it when I was 18. 
yeah. in college. And I got introduced to it by a guy that looks like Justin Bieber. It's, it's, it's <laughs> that was like in the turn. I was in the turntable. It's like, yeah, I like turntable. It's pretty remarkable so. that your uh, dad was uh, impressed upon you, Public Enemy, at such a young age. You must have had a very keen ear to socio-political relevance in music. I mean, yeah, definitely fight the power, all that kind of stuff. Don't believe the hype. It was really big um, on learning about the world around you, especially, I mean, as a young white woman, you uh, to be able to be raised and see the contrast of, you know, what a black man may go through or what uh, somebody oppressed by society may go through, it's really eye-opening to see that it needs to be spoken about, it needs to be discussed and tackled head-on, so... It was interesting um, and definitely influenced my political views and um, social views for sure. Obviously, you have your guitar with you today, so yeah. you are going to play some music for us. Um, we were going to spend a little bit of the second half of the show dissecting some of your older music, but would you be so kind as to talk a little bit about the song that you were planning to play for us? Sure, sure. Burn is kind of about, unfortunately, having to watch some people go down the I wouldn't say the wrong path, but maybe go somewhere that you never thought they would go or be a, be affected by life the way that you wouldn't want to see them be affected by life and uh, watching someone kind of sabotage themselves. Do you believe that you have managed to avoid sabotaging yourself? <laughs> I think we all sabotage ourselves a little bit in some ways. I think you're doing all right. As things go, you're doing all right. You're coming from an in, outside looking in kind of, or inside yeah. looking out? I... Um, in the song, <laughs> it's from, yeah, it's it's looking from the outside on somebody else yes. doing this. But of course, it's always, even when you're looking at somebody else doing something, you're always kind of introspective saying, you know, I could easily be this or I've done things like this in my life where I've kind of sabotaged myself as well. The idea of someone writing a song. Like, I've t- there have been times I've been like, I'm going to write a song. And I'll sit there and I'll be like, what's happening? What my brain? And just like, that's just, I don't know. I don't even know what's happening. I don't even know what's happening. What's I don't mean? know how you guys do it. I'm very, it's very impressive to me. Let's take a listen to Siobhan Fogarty here on Lost in Rowound, Radio Free Brooklyn. Burn. Exclusive. Wondering how you feel So I took the ink to the trees And flew like a breeze On over you and onto my dreams But you couldn't take it And now your heart's breaking A year after hurting me And you sabotage yourself In my name, oh God help you I don't want to watch you fall apart no, you just gotta watch it burn Take the ashes to the urn See everything you've earned turn into dirt And I guess it's all my fault Take blame for it all You love me after all Oh, yeah
show goes on that I'm certain Pull back the curtain and hear the crowd Roar for me But I thought you'd be happy When the me off your backseat But you don't want to watch me succeed No, you want to watch me burn Take the ashes to the urn See everything I've earned Turn into dirt And I guess it's all my fault Won't blame yourself at all You want to see me fall Oh, you just gotta watch it burn Take the ashes to the urn See everything you earn Turn into dirt And I guess it's all my fault Take blame for it all You love me after all Oh. Awesome. I'm digging it. Thanks, dude. It's got pep. Thanks. Muy bueno. Muy bueno. Está bien. Good. I was going to say, yeah, that's a new one, definitely. And, like, yeah. you, you got it. Thanks, got dude. it. Don't worry about it. Got it. So, I actually just recorded it as well. Uh, that's great. Where do you normally record? Um, or do I, you have a place that you record? I've been working with uh, my friend Mike Lambert. Shout out. He's awesome. He has a setup kind of like what we're doing here in a basement with all the good stuff, recording equipment. So we've been rocking it out, recording a lot. Uh, we have another one that will be coming out soon. Um, and, yeah, we just recorded this one. I don't have a lick of musical ability, really. <laughs> um, but I am intrigued as to what drives you. Like the melodies come first or the lyrics come first. And uh, how does it all piece together in your writing style? Um, honestly, it's I guess I'd say it's usually kind of the melody first, but words will kind of come with it. It'll usually be like a phrase or a melody that I'll kind of hear and I'll build around. I write poetry a lot, so sometimes I'll have words that'll come to my head and I'll write them down and yeah. I'll make an effort to try to make it into a song. But usually I'll kind of hear a melody in my head and put words to it and then build around it. You're yeah. very melodically driven. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you can tell that. it's uh, And from the musical theater background, that certainly makes its case. Yeah. You have always been that way, or do you feel like as you've become more embedded in the world of singing and songwriting that you have strengthened your process more? And when you first started, were you doing more writing more than the melody making? Um, Honestly, like I remember the first song I wrote when I was a kid. It was on piano. And so when I was a kid, you know, I only knew... A handful of stuff on the piano so it was more melodically driven and then I'd kind of put really very simple words to them so I think that's where my basis was was with the music and then as I started writing more and doing poetry and stuff it kind of branched out where I can kind of start either direction depending on where I'm inspired writing wise or musically. I think, yeah I think that when it yeah. comes to songwriting especially probably it takes something emotional to have to, to, oh, yeah. <laughs> to make the process even begin. Yeah. yeah. If you look at throughout history and you look at all the times that we've had less than great presidents, <laughs> it's been the times when we've had the best music. So true. And it's this thing that you don't know what's good until you you know you, you don't know what's what's going to feel great until you feel that pain and you have something to relate to. They say that um, the environment that you live in and our like socio political um, status as a country often is reflective in the music. It'll show uh, certain anger or angst or. Uh, you know, anxiety based on the world we live in. So I always thought that was really interesting to study music like that because, hey, if I never had a bad day, I don't think I'd have a single song. <laughs> I don't think you, I'd have one. You know, I thought about all of the very sad comedians, which is all of them. 
<laughs> but then you think about like all these terrible stories, people like Ron Williams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And tragic. I, you know, I sort of felt like they didn't necessarily have that outlet because they always have to be on. They always have to be funny. And actually, recently, I personally started writing some poetry, and I actually performed it recently as well. How did that go? Uh, it went really well, and it was people were really, really receptive. And it came from like a play. It was the thing is, I had a time in my own life that was really difficult. And I was feeling a lot of pain, and I didn't. There was no joke that was going to help with that. There was no way to just because being funny and doing that, just kind of laughing it off. That's not doesn't help you really cope. Yeah, you're not really facing it. You know, so that was exactly it. Is I was like, I want to look at this straight on, and I want to do it. And um, yeah, so I've actually it's been twice now I've performed it. It's been really good, and I actually did perform a song as well, really? acapella. My humorous side came out in the song at the same time because it was <laughs> such a silly song choice. But then the words of the song, I was like, this is this song has really really profound words. It's hilarious if you read into it, and people were were losing their shit. It was so funny. I did an acapella version of Hey Ya, <laughs> and I did it at like. At like, well, I don't know anything about music, but like half the speed. So it took me like seven <laughs> oh minutes God. to do it. Wow. <laughs> and people were in the crowd just like. thousand is somewhere shaking his head right all now. All right, all right, all <laughs> right, all right, all right. That, that speed. And I, and, I had the, and I had the lyrics. And I did every all right and every hey yeah and stuff. And the slowest <laughs> way to shake it like a Polaroid picture. Exactly. And I had this guy in the audience. Because so, I had no idea how people were going to react to it. And I had this guy in the audience come and go. And I couldn't believe this. He goes, I've been having a really bad month. <laughs> oh, he goes man. he goes thank you so much he goes i could barely contain myself while that was happening he goes you know when you were scrolling through your your, your phone because like the, the screen kept going off and you couldn't you didn't know the lyrics he goes that was the best part because <laughs> it's the easiest lyrics because the lyrics are so easy and i was like yeah I, I was like i really need to i really want to hold on to the integrity of this song i need to do dude, there's like 11 the or 11 to 13 all rights so i was like i need to get the correct <laughs> amount of all rights <laughs> <laughs> You're ambitious, Jimmy. What's uh, funny to me is that's a very high song. Jim, Jim and I know you to be a man with a very deep voice. Did you do I did it, it down the octave? I tried to. I, 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 I Tom hey waited it. Oh, my I Tom God. Tom waited it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, you think you've got like that? Like that. Are there any recordings of this that we could bring to the show? This sounds perfect. This is perfect. What, uh, what, 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 people, were, people, were, people were really receptive to it and like really <laughs> excited about it. Yeah, it was funny. And afterwards, people were like, how come you didn't tell us? Like, all other musicians were like, we would have backed you up. Like, we would have done accompaniment. My exciting new project. <laughs> Let's take a quick break for uh, some lovely music uh, that is not by Siobhan. But uh, when we get back, we will get to hear more very early Siobhan Fogarty here on Lost and Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn.
Once again, joining us for this hour of Lost and Rewound is Siobhan Fogarty, brought to you by Jimmy Hoffman, because that's what the open mic scene's like, very strong, and it's uh, intimate. And... Brought to you by Jimmy Hoffman and by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. No, dude. No <laughs> advertising. We spoke about this. They haven't paid us. Um, they're delicious and nutritious and scrum delicious. I never got down with Reese's Pieces, man. I was all about the M&M's. Oh, I, I love Reese's Pieces, dude. Uh, Reese's Pieces were not as favored as the peanut butter cups. I like peanut butter and chocolate, though. I think it works. Oh, it's the best. I think it works. My boyfriend is allergic to peanuts, though, so unless I want to murder him tomorrow. If you I, like I, have I it gotta... on your on your breath or like in your mouth. He says that, but he might be being a little. Because that's it. It just sounds way too sensitive. People yeah. with peanut allergies bug out. I know that. Yeah. I've, I've seen them bug out. Before. I anyway. get it. I wouldn't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> Death by Reese's. Siobhan has been kind enough to bring some very old audio. She brought it today. back from the old country. Oh, she brought God. it back. All the way but from up north. You're 24. Mm-hmm. You're. Younger than probably anybody else who's been on this show, but yet. Oh, wow. Cool. But yet. I think actually, yeah, I think that's true, actually. But yet, the audio still is in lockstep with the kind of audio we've received in the past because a lot of that audio has been stuff from high school, college, middle school, reflecting a different time in your life. Absolutely. Before (laughs) we get to that, when did you decide... I'm going to take all of what I am making behind closed doors and share it with people. Man, I, I when I first started writing music, I was really self-conscious about it or maybe just really private about it. And I wouldn't play it for anybody. I would At all? Not at all. I would hide it from people. Like I said, I think I wrote my first one when I was like 10. It was not great. <laughs> Um, but you played piano as well. Exactly, yeah. So on piano, writing like little ditties. And then um, I think... Honestly, I didn't really start playing it for other people till like late high school, early college. Yeah. Um, I always just did other people's music. You know, I did. I was in some singing groups where we would do covers. I did musical theater, um, but I would keep my own stuff pretty private for a while. Yeah. Did you guys do Boys to Men. <laughs> no, but I, that was my when I, my, my generation. Those singing stuff. groups. Yeah, they were just it was just yeah. boys to men. That's all I remember. Those guys ever singing ever here yeah, out of in these rooms. <laughs> a ten-year-old girl singing Motown. I don't know. And then we also at graduation had to sing boys to men. Yeah, you being somebody who was very comfortable being on stage, being in front of other people, you still weren't that comfortable to share. Uh, your own created work. Yeah, I th- it was really personal to me, and I, I guess you always worry that people aren't going to like it, or uh, because it comes back on you. You know, if people don't like you singing somebody else's music, it's, all right, they wrote it. You don't like the song, you can kind of, <laughs> I guess, sneak away from that. Uh, but when it's your own music, it's representative of yourself. So I guess on a deeper level, you feel like if they don't like your music, they don't like you. You know? Yeah, yeah. for sure. That you know what? That's that's so true. More so even, I think, than comedy. Yeah. Because you can just, in comedy, like, oh, that just wasn't funny. Or I was just off, you know? But in music, yeah, it's a little bit of a deeper thing in that way. This is more of my soul I'm bearing for people. Yeah. You don't like it? If you know in your own mind that you need, you know, more more polish or whatever, that you need more work and you're not that great, that's a different story. Yes. Yeah, but if you think you're talented and people aren't feeling it, yeah. Singing exactly. can be very vulnerable, too. You know, you're like... <laughs> That yeah. sound coming from inside of you, quite literally, that you're just blurting out to a bunch of people and hoping that it sounds good. So, yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> Mr. Blurting Mr. Out a Blurt. Bunch of <laughs> Mr. Blurt over here. Blurting and hoping, hoping it lands. There you go. So, explain what Light It, Smoke It, <laughs> Pass It is all about. Hmm, query. Right. <laughs> so, Inquiring minds want to know. So, um, let's get 
down to the business right let's now. Be, let's be real. Right, um, let's go to the lab. We, we could talk about this. It's fine. It's Radio Free Brooklyn. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I was younger. I think I was almost done with high school, I guess, at this point. Um, and I always loved hip-hop. And I had a friend who goes to Berkeley. He's actually doing really big things right now. His name's Philly G. Uh, he's with a band called Viva La Hop. They're really great. Um, hip-hop band good stuff uh but he was always so talented and uh he went to berkeley and all that good jazz and i always wanted to work with him i was like and he was always just kind of my friend and one day we all went over there and he had this awesome studio in his house and we got to lighten it smoking it passing it we got we got to drinking a little bit and i was like let's make a song you know and this song was literally made in one night um it came i can't believe how it came out for made in one night drunk and let us, let us catalog our adventures. Probably because we're just <laughs> singing about smoking weed, and he's definitely the brainchild behind all of this. But, but you were singing on the hook, yeah. But I'm singing on the hook, yeah, I'm ad-libbing throughout it, and we just kind of went for it, improvised it. It was a lot of fun. This was Very the nice. first time you ever did, a, and the last time, or the just the first general time you'd ever done on a rap track? Uh, that was my first hip-hop track, yeah. I've done, not the last. She's not done, the she's last. Done some I've, since yeah, then, yeah. I've done quite cool. a bit since then. Um, so this is where it all began. Right, exactly. I kind of tended... someone's bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> it was someone's basement. That's where it, that's, basement. that's where hip hop always, always begins. Yeah. In the basement, son. Yes, yeah. in the basement. Yeah, it's, it seems like that's where a lot of the music is starting. Basement jacks. Light it, smoke it, pass it by Philly G featuring Siobhan Fogarty. <laughs> Exclusive. To the crib, I got that sticky icky icky, and I think that you the bomb, and I love if you burn it with me. She said, "Word, that'll be cool. I can meet you by the school." I was thinking about that ass. I couldn't wait to make my move, so let's go. I met her at the park and went back to the crib. Sat around the table, I started rolling the bliss. I told her I've been waiting for a girl like you, so relax, baby. Tell me what you want me to do. She said. Now she calling me boo. We been puffing on the sour, sipping that brown water. It's hazy in the cloud, and we drowning the marijuana. Incense burning, I'm playing reggae music. She whined to the rhythm, the shorty was used to it. We was vibing to the baseline. Grab up on the waistline. Gave a kiss up on the neck. Shorty started popping it. Took my hands, put them on her back. I can rock with it. That ass perfect. I knew that it was worth it when she told me that she only want vanilla with the chocolate. Rub it down, heat it up. Hand it down, weed it up. Pour a play, get a little top, then I beat it up. At the end, I know what she want to do. Take a break and get ready for round two. Right now, we got to... Let's 
I like this production. Uh, yeah. Who who uh, produces it? Is uh, it Philly G as well, or who? Uh, I think it was. It's the one. Of, it's the guy in Philly G's band, I believe, in Viva La Hop. So this is this is uh, all live instrumentation. Play. That's not actual. That's um on the production tip. That's no, it. no, oh, I think wow. that he 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 produced it, uh, mastered it himself. Yeah. Um, I have to double check. I know that one of his friends produced it for sure. Um, and we just kind of hopped on it one one night partying. <laughs> Lost every wow. <laughs> so I was just uh, I was just on that track. Was cool. That was cool. <laughs> That was really cool. And that, that was must, really great. That's, that was a bucket list, pretty much, for you, <laughs> being able to sing, uh, do some Neo Soul kind of shit on a rap track, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And it was it was just, I mean, that song was just fun to make. You can even hear my friend in the background on the court. She's, like, yelling at one of my friends. She's like, yeah, Frage. <laughs> we decided to keep it in. We thought it was funny. Did, but, you, uh, did, you have, fun. did you have a nickname in the circles that you rolled in? I mean, I've had, my name is spelt, like, crazy, so people have tried to. Shabba. Yeah, people have called me all sorts. <laughs> Shava folks. <laughs> I've had I've had shove on ranks. Well, like then I just I just love <laughs> yes. I just love when people just like Sioban. Yep. Is there a Sioban here? My yeah. hometown it was Sio. Everybody called me Sio. That's I, ill. I like that. No, that's like really Sio? that's really cool. Everybody loved it too. You so. know what Sio sounds like? It sounds like your name if you were in the movie Hackers. Okay. Siobhan is an Irish name, but it can go uh, all either ways. I've met Jewish pe- uh, women with the name Siobhan. Yeah, it's well, spell it differently. Yeah, actually, one of my really good friends on the West Coast, uh, shout out to Savan. It's S I V A N. Yeah, Savan. Yeah, I've met a lot of people with like different variations of the name, like uh, like more of like a French one, like Chevon or <laughs> stuff like that. Seriously. Yeah, no, I've I've seen that one with yeah. like the C H A V or like C H E V O N N E or S H A V O N. I usually just spell it like that, honestly. When people when pe- like when it's things where people have to call out my name in public, I'm like, let me go ahead. Oh, phonetic, <laughs> phonetic, phonetic, phonetically spell like, it. Yeah. 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 How would you spell it? Phonetically, I spell it S H A V O N. S H Shavon. Yeah. Shavon. Yeah. I always have to tell people because uh, there's no way to say like, oh, I'm just gonna spell my name E L A W N, so that people know how to like pronounce my name or like U H L A O N or something alone, alone. <laughs> like there's so many different ways First to pronounce. Like Elon. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to spell and pronounce Elon because it's Hebrew phonetics. His the, name. The last time I I heard that name referenced there was a character in a tv show trying to make a joke about you know how he was going to marry a very jewish woman and have an ultra jewish baby yeah and baby alon instead of the brandeis yeah i was like and then i was just like okay that makes sense and then it was it was great because in the subtitle i put subtitles on because i was paying attention and it's all totally wrong. E L O N. Nah, you can spell it like that. Really? I, I mean, so, yeah. there, there's a university in yeah, North Carolina yeah, yeah. that's spelled exactly like that. I like yours more. How do you spell it? E L A N N. Because my parents are hippies. <laughs> you got kind of you, you kind of have like the the German spelling of it in my mind. Really? Like the other day, I I go to I say my name is someone. <laughs> go, my name is Jimmy Hoffman. It's really easy to spell. And the guy goes, okay, cool. Jimmy. J-I-M-M-I-E-H-O-F-M-A-N-N. I was like, are You're you? You're doing great. Yeah, I was like, did you try to mess that up on purpose? Because you got it completely wrong. It's like, how is this is the easiest thing in the world? Jimmy Hendrix spelling. Your last yeah, name, exactly. Siobhan, J-I-M-I. actually is a, one of sort of music royalty. Fogarty. John Fogarty is a well-known singer. Yeah. CCR. What a, yeah. What a band. You, were you into that? Um, yeah, I love I love classic rock and stuff like that. CCR especially, really great. Tell, um, tell us about what this song that you have uh, that is from your past. What kind of style would you put it into? 
Um, oh not, not classic rock, so I assume. Put it in a box. It's uh, it's kind of bluesy, honestly. It is so a little bit CCR in some it respects. Is, yeah, I guess you could say okay. that. Okay, kind of so bluesy. So you're going to be Shajan Fodery. He spells his last name with an E, minus with an A, so it's a little different. But people are always like, "Are you related to John Fogarty?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude. Totally. He's my third cousin." The same way people are like, "Are you Jimmy Hoffa?" I'm like, "I rose from the grave. I am." Nah, dude. Nah, dude. It doesn't get any better than Paula Danziger. Are you related to Paula Danziger, the famous author? I never read one of her books, but evidently she lived in Woodstock for a bit of time, and now she's dead. So I'm not related to her at all. I I met Alice Hoffman, and I told her that my name was Hoffman, and she was totally disinterested, and I felt (laughs) so. All right, (laughs) what 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 is this song then? Oh, I'm so embarrassed to play this song. That's what we're that's here for. Um, I'm, I'm here for the for the paycheck. This song is like so <laughs> like this is like young sexual frustration or something. As opposed to old sexual frustration. Yeah, it's it's really no different. I think I'm just a little more subtle with it at this point. In lieu Are of you, you not having audio of this, you can play this because you actually have it written in your journal. This yeah. this song this... from what year? From what oh. year in your life? Oh my god! Because 1948 this has to be high school. This has to be high school. So it's the beginning of the Korean War. I don't even have any yeah. <laughs> wrote this during Keep then. trying. Keep going. Um, this has to be maybe my junior year, senior year of high school. And you uh, were still kind of – you weren't quite angsty anymore, but you were definitely getting uh, – I think I was still angsty, but this is like right when I'm – Every still 18 year old. I think we stopped being angsty a year ago. Yeah, I think I'm still <laughs> angsty. But... No, I think you dropped it, but like when I met you, you were. Oh, yeah. I was so emo at that you point. You were. Not anymore, but you grew Anyways, out of it. You grew um, out of it. <laughs> this song, yeah, late high school. This is like when I was still not really playing my music out or for people. God, it's awful. This is one of my untitled songs. I don't even think it has a title. Okay. Um, oh, God, it's so gross. Okay. Um, yeah, and I am reading it from my journal, which I've had for years and years and years. This is one of the like first songs I ever wrote is in this journal. So, oh man, I don't want to do it. Here you go. Jump and jump down the cliff. <laughs> oh, this is awful. I'm all played again, feeling the heat. I want to feel that fire. Please set me free. Oh, please You can tie me up and pin me down And drive me crazy if you come around If you come around Now I hope it don't sound like a game But you're the part I want to play with You seem like the perfect size Two doors down, won't you capsize me? I think I've been patient long enough I wanna be bad I think I've been waiting long enough So let's get down To the good stuff Yeah, I said it You won't regret it Yeah Oh Be shy now, I ain't too far away. I'm 
My body's aching, hoping for you to make my day. But if you want it, come and get it, but keep it a secret from this part of town. <laughs> Cause I could teach you something new, build you up if you want me to. I've ready the ship, so come on in, let me in, flow with the current, yeah. I've been waiting long enough. I wanna be bad. I think I've been waiting long enough. So let's get down to the good stuff. Yeah, I said it. You won't regret it. Oh no. Oh no. So good. Oh, so no. good. Yes. The good stuff. So, so mortifying. Man, this is stuff. the art of being mortified, though. It comes at the price of being able to <laughs> look back at yourself with more objective ears. You're playing it, so it's a little going to be a little different playing it than when uh, you hear the show. Right. And you'll be hearing you do it. But when you're playing it, you, there must be such a sort of a release and some sort of just like the, the, the butterflies, not the butterflies, but just like the fact that you feel like a lemming falling down the cliff. Right. And It's just embarrassing because like the words are so ridiculous. But at, at some point you have to just like, you got to be unapologetic with it. I wrote yeah. this at one point in my life. Yeah. That is me in some there way, are, shape, or form. There are songs that I wrote with melodies that I preconceived in my head. Mm-hmm. And uh, forever, and to this day, I still, because of my lack of musical ability, Siobhan, I basically wrote all these lyrics without any actual hardline music that I had written to it. So they're just these lyrics, and they're embarrassing, and they represent a time in my life that <laughs> remains encapsulated. The fact that you wrote that at any one point, and you were able to make a beautiful melody, that's the lasting impression I get, is, is that regardless of the lyrics, you created this incredible melody for somebody who's writing in high school. I mean, for real. I appreciate it. I, I mean, think oh, up my oh, guess. When I listen to it, I'm like, oh, man. I think up my guess. What a simple blues progression of, like, you know, That's what you learn. chords. And, but, yeah, of course, you always are going to judge yourself and want yourself to be better. And Every time you learn, learn more chords. Yeah, <laughs> no, and then blues progressions are pretty much the standard bearer uh, right. for uh, learning how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. So you took an inch and you made a mile out of that. Oh, I really appreciate that because I listen to this song and I'm like, oh my god, stop this me. guy right here! <laughs> Look, like how many times a day did you? He comes and he, he's fluffing your, he's your fluffing your pillow. I'm fluffing your pillow because <laughs> the fact is that you've already made your bed and your bed is beautiful, baby. <laughs> but hey, if there's a pillow that looks like it's a little old, eh, at least you got a whole other bed. <laughs> Good thing you made it to pillow talk. I threw out a pillow last night. You know, this is how these things work. Oh my god, what did it do to you? I was gonna say, what did I have pink eye on it it's, or something? What no, happened? it's just it's fucking all bunched up and shit. It needed to go. Ew. I I miss him. I miss him. <laughs> How could you do that to that poor pillow? That pillow is a staple in your life. It, it was an executive decision. My wife made it very much the case it, that, that thing happened. So had if it was an executive decision, it was made between you, your wife, Kurt Russell, and Steven Seagal. And John Leguizamo. Bam, great movie. Yeah. Did they throw I mean, away a pillow? No. 
there's there's decisions. There's more to that. <laughs> <laughs> more movie. Uh, you just need to go and watch it. We we, we got to head out of here in a little bit. Siobhan, yeah, uh, thank you so much for being here on this hour of Lost and Rewound. You have an extremely promising amount of potential that you continue to provide just through what you came from and what you're continuing to do now. Wow, I would say thank as, you so as, much. as really... being the youngest guest on the show, you have the biggest chance to change while we're still doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next can, thing you know, I'll look back on that song and be like, oh my God. Well, we bring on guests that are 45, you know, and they come on when they're 50. It's me, hey. a similar guy. Yeah. But when you come back on when I'm in 50. a year, five years, we have another new Siobhan. I'm telling you, wide open. Still will have a Boston hat on, playing along <laughs> playing along playing here in the studio if, if those who are listening are in brooklyn and want to check out one of your open mics where could they next see you uh actually i typically go to the one that jimmy hosts uh sunday nights at gja oh yeah uh, which is an awesome mic they it have is great indeed. food and drinks as well if you guys just don't want to perform come just watch and hang out Branded Saloon, Wednesday nights, also in Brooklyn. Uh, that's one. That one's, what, 8.30 or 9.00? 8 o'clock, I want to say. 8 o'clock on Wednesdays, Branded Saloon. Um, 8 o'clock. Sometimes Topaz. Topaz, Tuesday nights, Brooklyn. Tuesdays at, uh, at 8. That one's good, too. Uh, I'm typically at Branded Saloon and G-Chat, yeah. And you're on SoundCloud? Yep, soundcloud.com slash Siobhan-Fogarty-One. You can find Burn on there. It's available for download. I also have a YouTube page. You can just look up Siobhan Fogarty, and I should be the first one coming up. Siobhan Fogarty on Lost and Rewound here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thanks so much for being here, my dear. Thank you for coming out. And thank you to our listener or listeners, whoever you may be out there. If you're huddling around the radio, staring at the radio like the olden days. Yeah. We wish you a lovely rest of your afternoon and week, and we will see you, hear you, you'll hear us. (laughs) I suppose that's the best way to put it. We won't hear you. (laughs) We We won't hear you. We won't hear you. We will be in an echo chamber. You'll be out there making noises, and maybe you'll record them, and maybe we'll have them on the show years from now. Thanks again for being here this week. I'm Jimmy. My name is Alon. Lost and Rewound, here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank uh-huh. you.
<laughs> Let's start it again. This happens to me all the time too. I'm like, I forget the words to my own songs. You're good. <laughs> I'm like, that's a brand I'm like, new song though. So yeah, this is a newer one. Way. You gotta get reps. Um, so luckily, this is a pre-record, so you have yeah. you have the ability. Yeah, we all have the ability to mess up. And dude, I'm so good. glad we don't do live. Like the, all, I'm all sorry. When he told me it wasn't live, I was like, oh, that's great. I feel there's so many people that do live on this station, oh, and it's, it seems so hard. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, we're, they we're, do it. They do it here. They do it live. We, we, make, we make up a small minority of shows. Yeah, like the majority of the shows, I think it's like two thirds are live and one third is pre-recorded. Wow, so. with music involved and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's dope. All right, cool. I'm ready. 